And then we dive into the ocean and we go deep down into the under the seas. Hey, thanks for joining the Escape With Me book club. Escape with me, Lizzie Sawyer. And me, Sam Reiner. Into our most recent read. Come with us as we evade reality and dive into a new book. We're going to be discussing it from beginning to end, cover to cover. So remember, there will be spoilers. Today we're going to Harlem, New York City, New York. Published in 2020, Real Men Knit is an adult romance that centers around saving a family-run knitting store. While the story revolves around the long-suppressed love of Carrie Fuller and Jesse Strong, it uses real-world issues to root the story in a way that some romance novels would shy away from. Kiwana Jackson provides a new perspective to the romance genre by adding her voice to the highly popular genre. I wanted to like this book so badly. I did too. For the most part, I did. But we got this from a random book recommendation, one of those list thingies that I just need to stop trusting. It's a marketing ploy. I need to accept that and stop being like, oh, you clearly really liked this book, random person. No. But I am glad this book came into our lives. Reasons I have different channels open for that now. (laughs) I am glad this book came into our lives, if nothing else. Something different, because we've done romance before, but this is, it was different, and I kind of enjoyed the differenceness. But yeah, it is an adult book. It doesn't go into the hibbity-dibbity, but if you aren't comfortable reading that kind of stuff, it's close enough. So if you're not into that, this won't be your cup of tea. So for Judge a Book by its cover, honestly, I just come to expect that every romance novel is going to be a Hallmark movie. So this one was going to be Hallmark, but knitting. The good ones are good Hallmark movies, though. The really sappy ones, they're good. Yeah, and sometimes, I don't know. It, this is contemporary, though. It's not a Hallmark movie. I liked it for the most part. It was good. I feel like it should be congratulations that it wasn't Hallmark. That alone was an accomplishment. But what did you think from the cover? I thought it was going to be about men knitting. Potentially a group of guys in a knitting group or a knitting group that a guy then joins. That's just kind of the vibe I got from the cover. There was significantly less knitting than I expected. Why do I always say that? I thought there was more knitting than I expected, to be honest. Especially since this plot revolves around trying to save a knitting store and I thought it was going to be very, oh yeah, we have to do like all of this sort of sales stuff and we need to repaint these and stuff like that. But it was, let's do all of that. But also let's knit these hats and gloves so that we can do a display and let me show you knitting in this and let me teach you knitting for that. So I thought there was a lot of knitting in there. I mean, it is, but I don't know. I have no idea what my expectations are with a knitting book, but how much knitting were you expecting? I don't know. I always just get surprised. I'm like, oh, there wasn't as much knitting as I expected. Like, damn, what do you want? Sam, do we need to read a knitting instructional (laughs) book for you to be happy with the amount of knitting? I don't know. It just, it came up with the murder she knit and it came up with this one too, where I just go in. I I don't know. I expected there to be a knitting circle. And I mean, there is, but that's not till like the very end. And I don't know. I just expect more knitting, I guess. That's what I'm really here for. I'm not here for the romance. I'm here for the knitting. Don't worry. We'll get we'll get you an instructional book. It'll all be okay. <laughs> but <laughs> now we join Carrie as she reminisces about the passing of the truly wonderful staple of the community, Mama Joy. That woman's a saint. Like, let me just get that out there. She's the best character in the book and she's not really even in the book. And that makes me so sad. I love her. And all the moments where the boys are actively missing her, those were heartfelt. Those are really good. Mama, um, made me so sad. Mama Joy runs this yarn store, this knitting establishment, and she's adopted these four misfit boys into her life and took care of them and grew up with them and babied all of the kids in the neighborhood and, and everybody. It's a family in that store. Even the people not in the family. 
family and it's great. And then she died. And that's where the book starts. Yeah. And then you find out things like, oh, the knitting store wasn't actually making its bills and she was taking out loans. And that's so sad. And then there's all this stuff where Jesse being like, oh, would she be proud of me or not? And there were so many times where I just want Mama Joy to be there to slap all of them and be like, stop it. She is proud of you from the heavens above. Oh my goodness. Because you know that lady was a Christian. Yes. But yeah, there were so many times where I'm like, Jesse, no, she loved you so much. Love is about more than just pride. And yes, I do think she probably was like, Jesse, get your life together a little bit. But I still think she loved him for him. Like it was an unconditional thing. It wasn't this conditional that he seems to think love is. And that makes me sad that that didn't get across to them. This was an unconditional thing, not just you do what you I want you to do. So I love you. That was sad. (laughs) Proud of you whenever you do anything. You got a job? Dude, I'm proud of you. You managed to get a job. You didn't keep the job? Okay, well, you'll get another one. You got another one? I'm proud of you for getting that other one. You're at least trying. Yeah. I mean, you're you're not succeeding, but you're trying. Yeah. And you can just tell she loved all her boys for all of their flaws and their everything. And she loved everybody. She was just one of those people that loves people and just has a talent for loving people. So it makes me so sad that she's not actually in the book. Oh my goodness. I go back and forth about how they did the opening because I feel like the first two chapters are just info dumping. Sometimes you need info dumping. It didn't really bother me a whole amount, especially because it didn't last for a huge amount of time and I was relatively invested in the info that it was dumping on top of me. Yeah. There were some moments where I liked how she used the picture of the kids and what they were all doing. Damien was looking above it. Lucas was like twirling around and so you could tell he was high energy and then Noah was trying his best and Jesse was really good at it and you kind of get a taste of their personality through that. That's a way to info dump but also be a show but then there was some other stuff where it's like I get it. Please, no, please go story. Please story. I'm super sensitive to show don't tell apparently. Yes. I don't know. I've noticed that in myself. I didn't really have that feeling. So there are four brothers. Damien, Lucas, Noah, and Jesse. And Damien is the most unintentional funny character. I hate him. Oh, every time he pops up, I swear he's the funniest. Like, the whole thing with the sheets. I hate that little prick. I loved the sheets. It was no, so funny. I hate he him. was like, but my best sheets. And Jesse's like, you want to leave your best sheets here? These are like your sub best. And he's like, no, my sheets. Really? Because I found that rather annoying. I was like, really? Really? Right now? Your sheets? Really? Of course, at that point, I already didn't like him. So I was like, at, at this moment in time, that is not the issue. I just don't don't take them serious. I don't, I guess I don't necessarily take any of them super seriously because there has to be, I, in my brain, there's a little bit of brotherly messing with each other, even between Jesse and Damien. So I don't take them too seriously, but that was just a really funny thing to be held up on. I don't know if it might have been intentionally like, oh, you're such a prick, but I thought it was hilarious. No, I didn't like it. Having had fights with my siblings before, I was like, oh, you're going to be a piece of, <gasps> all right, cool. Let's do it. I didn't like him. It was very funny to me. So he is the big business guy and I really kind of there are so many other things that the author introduces and I mean I guess it's to be like hey this is a real world they all have their own lives and stuff but I wanted to learn more about the whole I'm staying with a senior executive possibly sleeping with her that excuse you what more information don't just throw that around 
I want to learn more. That was his little side plot. I feel like all the brothers but Lucas had a side plot that I wanted to know more about because that was Damien's and then Noah's is he's a backup dancer and he's about to hit it big like he's about to go on this whole tour thing and I want to know more about Noah a little bit like what's going on with that but nope we do not. There's the only time that kind of comes up is at the end he Noah goes on tour and they have like one family conference and he's on Skype or something. I think there was one time where the scene randomly got sad because of that but there was another time where it was like all four of the siblings together and Noah was like maybe I should stay for the knitting shop and they were like no you need to do this like that felt real. They've also just had a key family member die so their emotions are wrecked. And then Lucas is a firefighter but he doesn't really get a subplot because he's there a lot. Sometimes they kind of hint at that maybe he likes Carrie. I got that vibe a couple of times too. Yeah but I also kind of got the vibe that maybe Lucas likes Val and I would be for that. I want that book. Oh I was shipping Val with the new director. I was too but then they were like no he's into Carrie. I'm like well sorry Val. (laughs) That sucks. (laughs) He never actually says he's into Carrie. He just kind of compliments her and Val and then Jesse gets jealous vibes off of the director. I mean from just general interactions because it's Jesse. She ain't your girl yet. You haven't asked her. You can't be jealous if you haven't asked her to be your girl. (laughs) So after the director was like, no, I'm into Carrie. I'm like, okay, that sucks, Val. So back to Lucas and you, which there were some times I was like, Jesse, no, you're not allowed to be having massive jealous vibes. She ain't yours. But that was mainly toward the end. Like at the bar, I was like, okay, you're whatever. But by the end of the book, I'm like, Jesse, I'm done with you. (laughs) Your jealousy needs to turn off. (laughs) So Val is my favorite character. I like she's the only one in the book who actually says what she means. Noah's my favorite. Noah figures out that they like each other and is like, mmm. Yes, that is one thing. For the first, I think third or maybe half of the book, I was trying to figure out why there were four siblings because it just felt like Noah hadn't found his place. But then as soon as it's like, oh, Noah's there because he's pro their relationship. I was like, okay, this makes sense. It was very cute when Noah was like, hey, you guys should uh, get together. (laughs) But not saying it. Right. But I liked Belle. She was very straight. She was like, nope, you're living with them you need sexy outfits oh no i definitely like val too she's great she gets that really cool new promotion at the end which i was super proud of her for i was like yay you get the promotion they both got the promotion she got the promotion and then carrie technically works for her that was cool they both got full time it was like yay i very long sigh when I consider Allison. Who? Allison, the director. Oh, that one. Okay, that's who we're talking about. Yep. The one who's like, I have boxer braids. And they're like, no. No, no. You have a French braid. No, no, sweetheart. You white. (laughs) And then she shows up later in the book. And then she shows up later in the book with boxer braids. And you're just like... (sighs) Yeah. And then she's like, oh, we're the Harlem team. And they're like, you live in the most expensive apartment complex. (laughs) No, 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 no. Oh. Sweetheart. That was a new way of making someone so cringy. You're excited that they lose their job. She was so not right for the position. No. I'm glad that Val got it. Yes. She's just oblivious. She's that sort of person where you walk up and you go, sweet, sweetheart, sweetheart. That's racist. It's so racist. Oh, she gives me hives. 
I haven't said that in a while. Ooh, and like I said, that was definitely something that's new. I was not expecting a character to come out and be like, I do microaggressions. I'm not racist. Probably something that the author may have to deal with on a daily basis. So it doesn't surprise me that it's in this book. Oh, I'm sure. Like I said, the reason I'm so sigh about her is I've met people. Oh, she does a good job. There's a couple of times where she brings up other things where she's like, the black and brown kids of this neighborhood feel like they have the world against them. So it's really important that they do stuff for them, like have the center and stuff. It's right. She is correct. I think she did a really good job of, I'm not going to say balancing because it wasn't balanced. Like she just dove into it and be like, this is how it is. And it's just like, yes, that is how it is. And that sucks. And you are correct. That was kind of nice. You don't expect that from middle of nowhere, Montana. I'm looking for my rancher boy romance we don't speak of that book (laughs) i honest to goodness i don't know where my copy of that book went it's just kind of vanished off the planet that's one way to get rid of the book yeah i don't know where it went (laughs) but i guess we have to talk about the romance at some point i want to keep saying nice things because there are a lot of interesting things about this book and there's a lot of things i don't see in other books that i think are really well done but well let's talk about those instead (laughs) we have it let's continue on i like how the community came together in that one scene where it was the opening of the knitting store that was so nice and then all the old knitting gang came together and were like if you give me a hug i'll give you a thousand dollars and they were like no we can't take your money and they're like consider us investors or this is our rental fee for always coming over for knitting night i just loved that so much that was so my heart oh it was very sweet i liked the in-depth way they talked about how they were going to revamp the store and all of the minor things that were relatively cheap that would just kind of update and modernize the different areas of the store yeah and there was some palpable drama when damien was like hey we have this really big loan and a payment coming up and it's like oh we've got to figure this out and i do think jesse does do some self-searching and he becomes a better person throughout the book oh he definitely does which is really nice but i liked that that was can we just make this book about the knitting store please and the community the bit with errol the poor little kid that was being bullied because he knit that was so realistic and they were like well i'm a firefighter that knits and he's like well i'm i forget what damien does he's a finance which okay actually let's steer away from the final one. I was just talking about the kid. I wasn't talking about anything else. I know. Well, I like the one scene where it's like the kids are bullying him and then Jesse comes out and is like, hey, random bully kid, how's your nanny? I know your grandma. Do you want to keep going? <laughs> she knits things for you. You wear them. <laughs> he, me- he means, he means, he means sweater. He means sweater. <laughs> I thought that was good. I liked that. That was good. We're going to gloss over the social media portion because as someone who has done that perfectly, Professionally, no. <laughs> In my notes, I have this really long rant where I just talk about no. The other stuff, like the renovation and stuff, I don't know. I go back and forth about the TV screen, about showing like knitting tutorials. I don't know if that's a good idea or not, but if nothing else, you can play really calming music. That could be nice. I mean, it adds like an ambient noise into the background. Yeah. But like I said, there were things where she was like, I posted it as our first story. I'm like, is it a story or a post? And people are commenting on it that it's a post. Yeah, it's not a story. It's a post. And then she's like, oh, I made a hashtag. Hopefully it'll go viral. I'm like, unless you're doing an awareness thing and everybody posting 
listening to the hashtag is like, oh, this random Harlem store, the hashtag actually won't help you. Also, I'm pretty sure the hashtag real men knit existed before 2020. Probably. And then she's like, oh, I set up, I think, an Instagram and a Twitter. And I was like, Twitter's actually not a very good thing for a yarn store. She should really consider things like a Pinterest, a Facebook page, a Ravelry account. And they need a website. They never talked about making a website. They really need a website. Sam. Sorry, I went there. We're going past it now. I just... uh. If anybody wants to know more, they can read your rant for $2. But anyway, that aside, everything else, yes, they're correct. Updating the paint and stuff would definitely make it feel new. And I liked how her social media idea of making it like really attractive men knitting. Like, I liked that. That was cute. I don't know why Lucas was like, I said no to the firefighter calendar. I'm like, that would be very different. We're not asking you to take your shirt off. We are just taking photos of you painting. You just happen to be attractive. And putting them on the Instagram, which is a normal thing to do. Yeah. For like a look, we're working in progress. Look at the photos of the, like, we're painting the walls this color. There's one of the Strong Brothers painting. If it just so happens be that you are attractive, then it's just gonna be but no one's asking you to pose nude. Let's talk about what those calendars really are. There's a difference. <laughs> Talking about the different kinds of yarns yes. with different people. There were like the misfit yarns that no one used. They were using for things and the yarns they set aside for the kids. I like how Jesse was so good with the kids. It was very good. Oh, that was very cute. Like, that was a side of him I wish they delved a little bit more into. I liked the fact that Mom and Joy had TV trays. <laughs> yes, my grandparents used to have those. And the way that the book made a point of being like, She's just ready for everything, man. I mean, she had these. (laughs) My grandparents used to have those. Those were the best things ever. I have one. And it was a special occasion to be sitting in front of the TV and eating. Not like nowadays. I wish I could find TV trays. I can't find them anywhere, but they would be so convenient. Walmart, they're with the fold-up chairs. You know where they keep the furniture, the couches and TV stands. They've got a wall where they'll have to hang up little foley chairs and stools. That's where they keep the TV trays. Walmart layouts never make sense. I have an app now that shows me what aisle and where in that aisle to find things because I've just given up. (laughs) Okay, well, cool. Walmart has TV trays. (laughs) That's your PSA for today. I think that's it. I think that's it. I think we need to talk about the romance. No. (laughs) I don't want to talk about the romance. (laughs) Let's talk about Erica first. (laughs) What was with her obsession about her toes? (laughs) I want to assume the rhinestones on her toes were really big. I just, even if they were, every time they brought her up, it was like, that was the thing. I'm like, get over the toes. (laughs) But every time they brought her up, it was like, Erica with her splashy toes or something like that. I'm like, stop. I think at some point it became an inside joke. Maybe. It was supposed to be like a, ha ha, yeah, Erica with the fancy toes. I don't know. Well, it also doesn't help that I'm not pro tearing Erica down just because she's a certain way. And Jesse, I'm so mad at Jesse. I don't want to tear her down. I just think she got very possessive over someone that had made it clear at the beginning of the relationship that they were just going to bang and nothing else. Yeah. And then she started being like, hey, I want to still do that. And then and he never said stop coming. He just kept being like, I hinted. There was a point with the sandwiches, right? He came back with the sandwiches. We got 
the first part of the conversation with Erica and then we cut to Carrie and we don't get the second half of that conversation. Which I'm mad about. So there may have been a point there where he was like, we're not. We're done. It's not happening anymore. I don't know. The way he talks about it afterwards, he's like, I've been hinting at it. Why doesn't she just tell her? Say the words, I do not want to see you anymore. But honestly, that does kind of feel in character for Jesse. Based off the romance in this book, I don't think he's man enough to actually do that. Yeah. But that's why I also got mad about the romance because the entire time it's like, you are leaving Carrie on the hook. And yeah, I know she's like, oh, I don't want to, no, 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 no. But it's like, you're not becoming a better person by leaving her on the hook. Jesse, you will get nothing unless you actually communicate your feelings. <sighs> communication period. How much could have been saved by one of them saying, hey, I like you. Even if you did wait until her apartment was ready for her to move back in to avoid any weirdness, which you didn't have to because she did have other places she could potentially go if it did get awkward, but she obviously likes you. You've both talked about how you like each other. Just seal the deal. (sighs) And there are so many times where she's like, I like you. And he's like, clearly that doesn't mean what I think it means. And it's like, no, she literally just said I like you. He's like, no, She only views me as a side thing. She's like, I like you. And he's like, I like you too. And I'm like, are you both dumb? (laughs) Do I need to smack your heads together? It makes me worry about their relationship in the future too, even though they did end up getting together at the end of the book. It just, yeah. Every issue that comes up, you're both going to, overthink the situation and then doubt yourself and then never actually discuss anything and your relationship is going to fall apart. Yeah, they really needed communication skills. It literally just needed to be, hey, I'm annoyed you did this. Just say that. She Even with the Erica thing, it's like, it's fine. It doesn't bug me. And then she <laughs> It does though. And she talks about that too. He's got so many girls under his belt that still live in the area that still come around. That's also going to be an issue later on. Your relationship isn't going to last more than like a month because something's going to get under your skin and you're not going to talk about it and then it's going to blow up out of proportion. You're going to be one of those couples that screams at each other periodically because you've let things get so pent up inside and it's not healthy. It's really not. And the ending did not fill me with any sort of happy feelies. Like, yay, they're together. It was cringy. Why are you asking her to be your love in front of her work, her performance? professional workplace in a professional setting oh it's one thing some people are like oh public displays like big public displays like that like oh you propose at a ball game or something and so some people are like oh that's public manipulation but it's like if that person is into it that's fine this is not the place for that this is her job you are coming to her workplace to give a professional spiel and you decide in front of the boss who you're pretty sure has a thing for her and none of the brothers were like hey this is a bad idea they came planning this they came in planning to do this none of the brothers are like this is a bad idea and he doesn't even say hey i'm in love with you he gives her and i hate how they did this i mean i like that they gave her the shawl i think that had a lot of emotional feeling behind it that's great this is not the place for that well it was also like hey he's always wanted something 
something handmade for her. So he was going to take the first step and make something for Carrie. And I was like, that was nice. And he started with the material that Mama Joy had. Like Mama Joy was making this really pretty petal like yarn thing. Shawl. And so it talks about that. And so I was like, that's amazing. But then he had to ruin it by pointing out, oh, and then I just put odds and ends on it. And she'd never actually wear it out. She'd only wear it to like watch Netflix because it's not good. And I'm like, why? Why did you do that? Why did you have to add that? Can't even have nice things? Like what? (laughs) It's supposed to be a representation of how misfit they are all together. You know, they're just bits and pieces that were put together. And it never actually says that it's bad. It just kind of says that it's so many colors that there's not much that it'll go with. I don't know. It was in her job. There was a whole thing with the Earl. So this is why I didn't like the ending with Earl. Errol? Yes. Sorry. I'm so sorry. Errol. It was just, hey, we're hot guys that knit and a bunch of girls like oh my goodness you're hot guys that knit and then there was a point where he was like hey I'm a knitting boy he's a knitting boy and then Damien was like well I'm a knitting man and a random girl was like but do you knit? I'm like honey. I was just like honey did you hear the first word out of his mouth? Knitting Damien's like I knit socks (laughs) ooh and then so a bunch of girls were like ooh and then the boy was publicly announces I need to learn to knit for girls. I'm like, this is so unrealistic. It's cringy on a number of levels. Kids are cringy sometimes though, so I mean, I fully believe that that's actually what would have gone down though. Uh, I don't think he would have announced, I need to learn to knit because I want to impress girls. I don't know. Sometimes things get into kids' heads and they rattle around and then they like, boop, bop right out their mouths. So (laughs) I don't know. They never really confirm how old the boys are, so I don't know. I think the bully is older. I don't know. I just kind of inferred it was kind of between 12 and probably around... I thought they were like eight. Six or seven. You know, six or seven to like 12 in that age range. But I just envisioned like the bully being a little bit older and Errol being younger. Can't confirm. 10. <laughs> 10, 11. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's eight and they're like 11. A good age range, but not like five, four, three, you know, like the toddler-esque. Yeah. But that was cringy. That whole thing was just kind of cringy. And for some reason, I imagine in my head and it was a lot of people, it was probably like, I don't know, maybe like... 20 kids actually but in my head there was way more and there were a bunch of teachers and it just made it worse but I didn't like I guess Erica was supposed to represent all of the women and Carrie's insecurity about all of the women but they just use her very specifically and it feels like hey when Jesse does it he can become better but when she does it well she's just a trash I mean I didn't really care that Erica had several sleeping partners and that she was particularly sleeping with Jesse I was more he's not really communicating Yeah. And I just kind of felt like I just uh, me, I tend to assume that women can take a hint to some extent. And if it's no longer inviting, they tend to just take the hint. But I mean, it's not really her fault that she didn't get the hint. No, as someone who worked in public relations, assume everyone doesn't understand what you're saying unless you expressly explain it. That has always been my viewpoint. And then you might need to explain yourself. I feel like it's really immature to automatically assume someone understands exactly how you feel. It's very irresponsible to the other person. Because they might say, hey, I didn't know. I thought this was just our relationship. The entire book is Jesse sucks at communicating. And that was his problem to begin with. But then Carrie 
comes in and continues that. Also sucks at communicating. And it just, ah, uh, I didn't root for them. It's very, I'm no good for her versus a, he sleeps around. There's no way he'd ever want to settle down with me. Except we're actually sleeping together. And that was a thing for a while. Like, guys, out of nowhere. I was talking to my mom about this book and she's like, where in the tropes is it in the romance? Is it like the miscommunication trope? And I was like, it's kind of the miscommunication trope and the I'm no good, so I'll just leave complex. It's in between those two tropes. Yeah. But it's just, where in the world did she randomly decide, hey, I'm totally fine with this type of relationship? I don't understand because it went from, no, I'm never going to be like that, Val. Stop making me do that into like a, hmm, maybe I should do this to a, yes, this is the relationship I want. It's like, yeah, I'll bang him and then it's fine. My crush will be over and it'll all be okay. And then as soon as they're done doing the friends with benefits thing, they're immediately both massively depressed because they actually like each other. Because, duh! But are too bad at communication to actually be able to tell one another what they are feeling. Yeah, neither of them are honest with themselves either, which is another issue all in of itself. And they're both like, Mama Joy wouldn't want this. No. I'm like, are you kidding? (laughs) She probably shipped it. If she could bash your heads together, she would. She was probably waiting for both of you to stop being stupid. I just... I don't think I've ever sat down at a book and been like, I want to dislike this book. I don't know what type of energy a person has to have to actively want that. But I've never sat down with a book and been like, I want to hate this. I've always desperately wanted to like it. And there are so many good things about this book. And I think that the writer is a really competent writer and makes really interesting narratives. But also it's contemporary in a way where it feels realistic. Like you could go out and go to this knitting store. I want to. That sounds like something I want to do. Where is their Instagram? I will follow it. That kind of. But the fact that it is a romance book just makes it very sad. I really wish I liked this book more because the first half I was like, yeah, this is great. I am invested in all these characters. This is wonderful. I am enjoying the story. And then we got to the romance and I was like, no. Oh, no. No, 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 no. And then I skipped chapter 26. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Entirely. I completely skipped it. And then uh, skimmed through chapter 27. I read chapter 28, though. (laughs) But 26, where I was like, nope, nope, nope. There's no point in reading this chapter. <laughs> there was one point where you were texting me. It was like, I really like this book. And I was like, what chapter are you are on? And you told me and I didn't want to text back and be like, that's about to change. Oh, no, I got that vibe. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the fact that I said, what chapter are you on instead of what part are you on? Like very specifically. <laughs> like, oh, wow, you're pretty far. <laughs> like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I don't know. From what I can gather, I think this is her first book. I mean, it's really well written and I... I got invested in all the characters and for the plot line, other than the romance, I enjoyed it thoroughly. And then we hit romance and I was like, this is probably something that actually happens very often with people. It is actually a very realistic romance. But that doesn't mean I want to read it. It makes me sad because I'm like, this is not a healthy relationship at all. Yeah, it's one of those, I don't know if you've noticed, but this is the Escape With Me book club. We don't want reality. We want escape. I mean, honestly, I kind of want a sequel where they do have a large argument and they realize that we need counseling because we're both really bad 
bad at communication and we need outside help to be able to fix some of the issues that are making this relationship difficult, you know, and actually starting towards healing. Yeah. Okay. Counter. What if it is Lucas and Val finally fall in love or Lucas or actually, okay, so Val gets with one of them, either Lucas or Damien. Damien's taken though (laughs) by an older woman. And we see their romance in the background and Val and whoever learn a lesson because they're going through hard times. And at the end of the book, they decided to either like sit down and have a really good talk or something. I don't know. But Kiwana Jackson is really cool. She was a fashion designer for a while and did a bunch of fashion designs for various fashion houses. And after she had a kid, she was like, I really want to be a writer. And so I think this is her first book. And she was in a huge campaign where it's like, we need diversity romance. And yeah, this is the only one listed in her name. So this is her first book. She debuted last year. She's doing really good. I hope she writes more. This is a great start. Holy crap. Let's go. I want more of her. I liked having a different viewpoint. She's right. We do need diversity in romance. We don't just need the flower child white woman. I will say it. But I agree. The diversity of it made it fresh. So even though I didn't like the romance, it wasn't as insufferable as if we read another Montana white girl. Oh my goodness. I just can't communicate. It was nice. I definitely was enjoying the society and the different viewpoint from a perspective that I am not privy to just because I am a privileged white woman and I can't not be. Yeah, we are Southern white women who know nothing about Harlem. Neither of us have ever been to Harlem. So it's a very interesting viewpoint. And I was aware of uh, several of these things, but it's interesting to read a book from that perspective. Yeah. And she's right. We need more diversity. This was better just because of that. And also she's a really good writer and I want to see more from her and I hope she writes more. I don't know if she will or not. Like I said, she just debuted. So she needs some time, guys. Like let her write or let her not write or whatever she wants to do. I mean, we'll probably definitely do an episode on her next book Yeah, when it comes out if she does write another one because I enjoyed reading this one till we hit the romance but I enjoyed reading this one yeah I think she does a really good job with characters like I said there feels like development like each of them have their own little thingy and they even if it's minor like Noah being worried about going on tour and then going on tour and then Damien he and Jesse always fight but by the end they seem to have some common ground. Carrie is such a cute and loving and wholesome character and Jesse even though he sleeps around is also a very cute and loving and wholesome character and I wish their communication skills were better because I do actually like them together every time I see them together I'm like this is adorable yes and I love it and I I really wish y'all would talk. (laughs) It's like, y'all are great with communication about the store. Oh my gosh. He needs someone patient and understanding. And he and she needs, I don't know, to be happy. I I don't know what she needs to communicate. But other than that, she's really nice and loving. And the fact that she goes into art therapy and is helping people at the center and is working there part-time because she wants to be full-time. It's just in her and the kids. Like, ugh, she's cute. She needs to be happy. I hope Jesse makes her happy. I hope they communicate. They need to communicate. Maybe now that they've gotten over the, oh, we can actually be together hump, maybe the communication will branch out from there because it may have just been a, I've never been in a serious relationship, so I don't know how to communicate about this specific point sort of a thing. So it may just be a learning curve. Yeah. Hopefully with the brothers on his back and Val on hers, they'll get something going. But yeah, I'm for... If the sequel is about Val and Damien or Lucas, or if the sequel is about totally different people, I will be excited. I don't like Damien. I don't want the next book to be about him. I- 
think if Val and Damien got together, that would be cute. Mainly because she would call him out on his BS because he has a lot of it. And then he would just have to deal with that. I think he's plenty happy with his older woman. I want the best mm, questions. I actually, when they first started talking about the person that he was living with, I was like, is Damien gay? No. And then he wasn't. And I was like, oh. No, it made it really obvious. It was like, oh, he's a player too. Which was a weird throw in. I think they're all slightly players. <laughs> they are. Except for Noah. I don't think Noah is. No, he talked about getting booty. Oh, okay, never mind. Specifically female booty. I like how it was all specifically female booty. Don't think we're gay just because we did. I don't know. Maybe Noah's bi and it's like all booty. All of it. He just wants booty. <laughs> I don't know. It was very sweet. It was a very good story. I liked a lot of part of this, just not the romance, which sucks because that's the genre. We read it for the romance and we left being like, I want to visit the yarn store. Can I come to the yarn store? <laughs> Can I buy y'all's yarn? Right? I want to go there and go visit the store, but the store is not there. It's not real. That just makes me sad, but it was good. It had heart warm feelies. I wish it was more like drama and then it could be more about the store and then maybe losing the store and losing mom and then it has like a romance subplot. That would be good. I feel like the lone subplot got dropped very quickly. That could have been built up like like we almost didn't make it, you know? I feel like if it was introduced sooner, it could have been more of a thing. But it was very, there's a loan. We're very worried about the loan. We're very worried about the loan. We're doing things to help pay back the loan. And then the loan went away. Why didn't they tell Carrie about it? And I know it's like, a, oh, we don't want to guilt you into it. But not telling her was kind of worse on the topic of we need to communicate. I don't know. They all just need to talk. They just need to talk it out guys talk it out they all kind of suck at communication if mama joy could come back the one thing that she would teach y'all is well, actually she probably did and then was like did y'all not learn what i taught you no but they all had such good personalities and val was adorable and allison was cringy in exactly the way she was supposed to be cringy and the kids were adorable I don't want to read it again for chapters 26 and 27. It just randomly becomes this, yeah, this is the relationship I want while they actively both misinterpret what the other one is saying when they're actively like, I like you. She doesn't mean that. She just means it like this. It's very obnoxious. But yeah, the romance isn't great, but I think the book is pretty refreshing. Yeah, the book itself is good. The romance is bad. Don't read chapter 26. You don't need it. <laughs> you need all the other chapters, but you don't need chapter 26. <laughs> so my one question for the author is, so you're going to write any more? Or, which maybe I just need to go follow her on Twitter and then I'll find out more things. Probably. But just want to know. So we're getting more books. We're staying with this theme. We're doing something else. What's happening? Also, do you knit? Because <laughs> then I want to follow you on Instagram too, because then you'll post your knitting and that'll make me happy. I want to know who she based Mama Joy off of. Mama Joy was just so sweet. Because that is a phenomenal character. I love her so much. She just makes me happy. She just felt like your mom. Like we never even met her, but I feel like I've been touched by her. Well, not like a mom, but honestly more like a grandma to me. That personality type. Yes. Which is weird because theoretically she would be her parents' age, but oh well. I'm, I'm checking her Twitter right now. Okay, so her Twitter bio is more stories than time. So fingers crossed. She doesn't say anything specifically where she's like, hey, I'm writing this book. But like I said, it just came out last year. They usually put a little bit of time in between releases 
I actually don't know if she did this through a publisher or not. I can't really tell. But oh, she does have an Instagram. She posts knitting? I don't know yet. But yeah, go follow her. Kiwana writes. Oh my goodness, she does post. She has like yarn and stuff. And she shouts out people. Oh my goodness. That's awesome. Well, especially because her book is about knitting. So she posts different knitting stuff and things people have knitted. Oh, I like it. I'm following. Oh, she has a link tree. What are we looking at? I'm going way too into this. Oh, she has knitting things. Okay, so it does look like she is an independent. It's really good for being an independent. Yeah, because she has real men knit on indie. That's dope. So that makes it even cooler. Guys, go read it. Go buy it. Go encourage her to write more. She got Oprah Magazine's Best Romances of 2020. NPR said readers who adore snappy family banter and good feel-good romance won't want to miss this one. And I feel like that's fair enough. I mean, the book itself is very snappy family banter and feel-good. The romance isn't great, though. But I... It's worth a shot. If you are into romance slash just want something new... I mean, a good... 85% of the book is wonderful and amazing. And then there's chapter 26. So, I mean, go read it. Skip chapter 26. It's like when I tell people about different animes, I'm like, you're going to watch these episodes. You're going to skip these. And you're going to watch this one episode near the end. And then you're going to skip to season three. (laughs) Yeah. And as someone who read it, like I said, they don't expressly talk about it, but it's also a little cringy and a little bit like, mm, sure. Because there's one point where Jesse's like, that's a lot coming from somebody that I made come two times, like three times last night and two times this morning. And I'm like, oh, I'm so sure. Oh my gosh. But yeah. But anyway. So my rating is learning a new pattern out of 10. I want more from her and I hope she gets better because that's what you can always hope for anybody who's doing anything, especially professionally. So I hope she gets even better and then the romance matches everything else she does. Mine is finding that really bright, colorful yarn that's amazing and inspires you for like a brand new project and you start on it and then you very quickly realize that you did not buy enough yarn. (laughs) Yes! Oh, that's even worse when it's like specialty yarn and you can't just pop down to the Hobby Lobby or the Joann's. I mean, you can get more, but at the same time, you're like, oh... She spends a good yarn while she has it. It's not a bad feeling. It's just mildly disappointing. I got a lot of joy out of, I got this brightly colored yarn. It's super soft and I'm going to make this awesome sweater or socks or scarf or hat. And it's going to be great. And you get halfway done. You're like, I'm out of yarn. But would you read this book again? Yeah, probably. Really? Yeah, I'd read this one again. I probably won't. I'd skip the ending (laughs) again, but I definitely read the first half of the book again. I don't know. I'm a very, I've mentioned this in a lot. I'm a very slow reader so my time is very precious because it takes me way too long to read anything i audiobook and thus is very easy to just pop in my headphones and book yeah so i think that's where the difference comes in it's not that you won't read it again it's that you don't have time yeah so it's not like we have supremely different opinions on it you should answer these as a if you had all the time in the world would you read this book again (laughs) do it if I had all the time in the world. This is not bad, but I don't. And I'm slow and I can't express. It took me, I think I gave myself three weeks to read this book. And I uh, read like 20 pages a day kind of thing. So not like a, it took me three weeks. I read this in two days. So that's the difference. But it was good. If I had all the time in the world, yes, I would read it again. But I probably would read Midnight Sun again then too. That, that This changes the rules. We can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much for hanging out with us today. You can keep up to date with us by checking us out on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok at EWM underscore 
book club. And you can support our podcast by checking us out on Patreon, where for just $1 a month, you can get our bonus episodes, where we look at the movie adaptations to some of your favorite books. This month, we're exploring a romantic classic, Pride and Prejudice, and comparing it to two movies and a musical. Join us next time when we will be cornering our foes as we go through The Queen's Gambit. Written by Walter Tevis. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. I'm Sam Reiner. And I'm Lizzie Sawyer. And we hope to see you and a friend here next time.